Good morning, everyone. We are in our holiday mode, so it's a short service. But just because it's short doesn't mean it isn't jam-packed with things that are interesting and, and, and of value. Uh, as far as, as January goes, we are open every Sunday. There's a few places around about a few churches that take the opportunity to rest everybody up and they actually close, they close the, um, the church. At Monty, I don't, re- I've been here 21 years now. I don't recall Monty's doors ever being closed on any Sunday, ever that I've been here, and I'm sure that it probably never happened before that either. It'll encourage you to come. If you've got nothing else to do next Sunday, we're open. Now, during the uh, the holiday time, we, uh, we, we always struggle to work out what is it that we're going to share from God's Word. So this year, the elders thought, you know, we'll, we'll have a look at a few psalms together, and the topic is what God is. I drew the short straw and God, God is faithful. That's what you're going to hear this morning. But also God, that God is, uh, is merciful and compassionate. So over the next five weeks, you'll learn a little bit about what God is like because the sermons are shorter. In America, a short sermon is called a sermonette. I don't know what that is, but that's what they reckon. But it'll be a short service. So this morning we're going to spend some time together looking at God and God as faithful. Now at the end of your row, or in some cases in front of it, there's a little bit of paper like this. If you could grab that bit of paper, pass one along or behind you so that everyone has a piece of paper, everyone should have one. There may be a pencil in the back seat if you haven't got a pen, but it doesn't matter if you don't fill it in now, you can fill it in when you get home. I was given a couple of verses from two psalms to to kick off this. It's a huge subject. God is faithful, you know, for a sermonette. Anyway, not, not to worry, I'll do my best. So in Psalm 89, verses 1 and 2, it says, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. And we did that this morning. Thank you, Kat, and whoever it was that chose the hymns. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that that you establish your faithfulness in heaven itself. And then Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now, I also spoke last week, so I sympathise with you having to listen to me again this week. But because I spoke last week and it was Christmas and we had people over Christmas Eve, I was a bit short on prep time for this uh, today. So when I sat at my desk to start putting this together, uh, before that I had prayed, I thought, Lord, I really don't know how I'm going to do this. I, mean, no, I hadn't had enough time to think about it, how to put it into a sermon. I knew what I was going to say, 
but I didn't know how I was going to put it into the sermon. So, sitting at the desk, and of course, you know what I did first, don't you? I looked up the word faithful in the dictionary. And here's what came up. Faithful, strict or thorough in performance of duty. Number two, true to one's word, promise, vow, etc. Three, steady in allegiance or affection, loyal, constant. Four, reliable, trusted or believed. And five, adhering or true to fact, a standard, accurate. I had my sermon by just opening the Macquarie Dictionary. Because all that, all those definitions fit God to a T. We're going to look at it very quickly this morning. You see, faithfulness is an attribute of God. An attribute is a characteristic. It's a characteristic of God. It's, it would be interesting, wouldn't it? What would be the first characteristic you'd want to talk about? It would be hard to choose, wouldn't it? Would it be holy, holiness? Would it be mercy or, or grace? What would it be? I don't know. This, this is good. Faithful is the first one to look at. Faithfulness. You know, he has many, many characteristics and attributes. And we're going to look at five of them in the Psalms. Uh, over the next five weeks. But what is it exactly, faithfulness? What is it? We sing about it, we talk about it, we read about it. What is faithfulness? What does it look like, Chris? What does faithfulness look like? How do you and I experience faithfulness of God? How, do, how, does, how does it look? How does it feel? How is it experienced? I'm going to look at nine verses, and you're going to think, Raph, you've only got 15 minutes. I'm going to look at nine verses that talk about faithfulness. No, wrong one. Okay, and there are the five that you've got, the nine verses you've got in a little bit of paper there, right? The first one, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. This is what it says. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Now, which part, which definition would you put down there? I put down there number two. Because even, even if we don't believe, and I, I'm guilty of this, there have been times when I have not believed God in certain aspects. Even if I don't believe Him, that He will do something, or that, that a promise will come true, or that he'll deliver on what he, he vowed he would do. Even if I don't believe it, it makes no difference because God is faithful. He'll do it anyway. You know, I've shared with you in the past how I didn't think my dad would ever get saved. Given up on him. To my shame, I did that. You see, even though I didn't believe dad would ever get saved, God was faithful. He saved my dad two weeks before he died. You know that. And just recently, this year, you look back at the year, this year an event happened in our family. And I thought this would never, ever happen. I thought this is never going to happen. It's too hard. This will never happen. And despite my unbelief and my lack of faith, God was faithful 
He made it happen. Because his desire was that none should perish and that all come to repentance. And he delivered despite my unfaithfulness and my lack of faith. And even if that little verse there talks about unbelievers, even if the unbeliever out there doesn't believe in God or doesn't believe that they can they can trust a God that allows suffering and little babies to die or whatever, it makes no difference. God will still do what he said he would do. He would still be God. And he would still keep the promises that he has made right throughout the, 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 the centuries and thousands of years that the Bible covers. Deuteronomy chapter 7. I'm going to read this because uh, I need to read the verse beforehand. Uh, and I didn't have enough room or a bit of paper to write it out. So here, here is Deuteronomy uh, chapter 7, verse 8. And this is what God says, But it, is, was, it is, was because the Lord loved you and kept you uh, that he swore an oath for, to your forefathers that he brought you out with a mighty hand and, and redeemed you from the land of slavery from the power of Pharaoh king of Egypt now this is verse 9 know therefore that the Lord your God is God he is faithful he is the faithful God keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments but those who hate him he will repay uh, to their face by destruction and he will not slow to repa- be slow to repay to their face those who hate him a covenant is an agreement it's not just a promise it's an agreement a little bit like a contract but more uh, a binding agreement between two parties and, and here God says there that God will keep that agreement and, and, and these people looked back and they saw that covenant being kept. Now, hey, God's made a covenant with you and me, the new covenant, that he will save all who trust and believe in his son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ has made a covenant with us that he's coming back for us. And you know what? He's going to keep it. So that one there, definition there, is uh, number two. He's true to one's word, promises and vows. That's what I put down there. What about Hebrews 10? Hebrews 10, 23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Why do you hope? Why do you have a hope? Why do we, why do we look forward to the Lord coming again? With such confidence, it says they're unswervingly. I love that word, you know. We're steadfast in that hope. We're sure in that hope. Why? Because of the person who made the promise. The Lord himself, Barbara, said, I will come again. I love that. I love that. He can, and I put down number four for that one. Reliable, trusted, Jesus Christ can be believed. We've proven it, haven't we, folks? doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. You've proven in your life that he can be believed. He is faithful. He has been faithful. He will be faithful, Graham. 
Yeah? That's what it says in Hebrews. Unswerving. I love that. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. But the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. That fits very nicely into definition number one, doesn't it? What did it say? It says they're strict or thorough in performance of duty. The Lord will protect us from the evil one. I think of the book of Job, probably the oldest book written in the Bible that we have. And even though Job went through some tough times, God kept the promise, didn't he, that he would never allow Satan to take Job's life. And in the end, we know the end of that story. He was blessed more than he ever had. But I love that because it it tells me there that God, the Lord, is faithful and he will strengthen me when I'm attacked by the evil one, when I'm tempted and tested and I will be kept safe. And I can, I can testify to you today that that has happened. It has happened. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse and verse 9. God, who has called you into fellowship with his son Jesus Christ, our Lord is faithful. Definition number three, steadfast, steady in allegiance, affections, loyal and constant because we are in fellowship with Jesus Christ. That's why he's faithful to us. Fellowship means having something in common that draws and binds you together. And because we belong to Jesus Christ, his son, our Lord, He's faithful to you and me. Keeps all those promises. I love that too. I've put down definition number three there. Steadfast in allegiance, affections, loyal, constant. You know, I've shared this with you before. Loyalty is one of those things that I, I really value. And I value how loyal God has been to me. I haven't been so loyal to him often, but he's always been loyal to me. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. This is uh, one of my... I I say this a lot, but it is. It's one of the verses, not just... It's not a favourite verse, it's a verse I use nearly every day. Chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. It's a great verse. I, I put my name in there for often. I'll show you how, what I, how I read this. No temptation, Raph, has seized you except what is common to man. God is faithful, Raph. He will not let you, Raph, to be tempted beyond what you can bear. And Raph, when you are tempted, he will provide a way for you to escape. I love that's how I read that verse nearly every day. <laughs> Definition one, strict, thorough in performance of duty. He does that for me every day. I also put definition number three for that one because because he has been loyal and he's consistent. He consistently does this for me every day. 
Wouldn't you think he'd get tired? Saying, Raph, haven't you learnt yet? But every day, this verse is in application in my life. And then verse 4, reliable, trusted and believe. I trust him, but when I am tempted, when I stand before something and I'm tested and I'm about to think, think to myself, this is too hard, I can't do this, and I'm just about to give in, I remember, I remember, the Lord said, hey, Raph, there'll always be a way out. King James says a way of escape. I love that. Why is it there? Because God is faithful. He's promised he would do it. And I can believe and trust him. That's number four. First John chapter one verse nineteen has to come in after this one. No, not, these aren't all in order. It says there, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive me, forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You know, Sometimes you, you, you do things and you think, I don't know how God's going to forgive me for this. I don't know how I can pray and ask God to forgive me for this. I've done it again. This is the thousandth time now. Why would, why would he bother forgiving me? But here I put down definition number four. God is reliable, God can be trusted and he can be believed because he says, Raph, if you confess your sin, I'll forgive you. And he does it every time. It doesn't matter what it is that I've done that's wrong. And sometimes the sin really is against him. It really is. And he, conf- and he, and he forgives me and he purifies me. So that's okay. Let's start again. That's the sort of God that we have, folks. And he does it every time. Lamentations. Chapter 3, verse 23. Because of God's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. Verse 22, that's it. And verse 23 says, They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Lamentations were written a long time ago. A long time ago. And yet those those compassions are still happening every morning. Every morning. You and I enjoy that. We enjoy the compassion of God every morning. So I put down definition one, uh, three, four. I was, also, I was almost going to put down number five, but I didn't. I thought that was a little bit you know, over the top. First Thessalonians 5.24. It says there, the one who calls you is faithful and will do it. I put down one and five. One and five. He will do it. Whatever he says he will do, he will do it. The good and the not so good things. The easy things and the not so easy things. But he will do it. The one that has called us will do that. I thought that covered the the bit about you know what 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 God does for us from generation to generation because all those things that I've just those verses and there's many many more all those verses 
They were written so long ago, but they still apply today. And I don't know when the Lord's coming back, but if he doesn't come back for another generation, it'll still apply. It'll still apply. Because he's faithful. Now, verse... Uh, Psalm 89 verses 1 and 2 talks more about making it known. And I was thinking about how am I going to do this? How am I going to talk about this? How am I going to show you or, or, or illustrate to you to make it known? Well, you've all heard probably by now that PC's had a fall. Broke five ribs, punctured a lung. Christmas Eve. Not too good. Anyway... You would think, wouldn't you, that someone that's had a fall Christmas Eve had to spend Christmas Day in hospital and and with five five broken ribs and a punctured lung would be bit down. So I thought I'm going to go and visit PC. My wife and I went and visited PC on uh, Friday, wasn't it? The Friday or whatever it was. Friday, it was Friday. And there, so we went to see PC. Now. I've got permission to say this from PC. I decided to scrap all the illustrations I had for this and I said, PC, can I use you on Sunday morning for my illustration? Absolutely right. PC was standing there, bright as a button. Big smile on his face when he saw us. He says, Raf, God is so good. So faithful to me. I had the best fall I could have. <laughs> he fell off a five-foot embankment, a retaining wall. Mind you, he did say he shouldn't have been on there. He was watering the thing. And you know what? He, he told us that he fell on his shoulder and everything. And, you know, and he didn't feel great, but he didn't tell Mary what happened. Because he knew it was going to be so much more painful than five broken ribs and a punctured lung, Chris. Mm. The best fall I could have because he says, he says, I only broke five ribs. And he didn't hit his head. He says, I could have fallen on my face and broken my glasses and it would have been a mess. But he says, God is so faithful. It was the best fall you could have. If you're going to have a fall, the best fall I could have. The Lord was looking after me. Anyway, uh, he went in and he didn't tell Mary what happened. And she says, BC, you're not looking good. And then he said, oh, he had to fess up. So she called Jeffrey. Um, she wanted to call an ambulance. She said, no, no, no ambulance. So she called Jeffrey to take PC to the Austin. And he wasn't keen to go because have you ever been to the Austin ER? It's pa- always full. Yeah, always full. Takes ages. Rafi says there was hardly anyone in the ER room when I came. You know, five broken ribs, very painful. So he got through the ER really quick. And then he says, when he actually went into the emergency things, he was attended to very quickly. He, he was admitted very quickly, which is another unusual thing. My mother-in-law was in there just recently and she was on the trolley for a long time, but not PC. And PC was absolutely convinced and delighted of the fact that God provided that for him. So not only did he get a, a nice bed in the ER, but he was admitted to the ward also extremely quickly. You should have seen the bed that he got. He says, see that bed, Raph? Now, he was on the eighth floor. The bed was by the window. The view was absolutely brilliant. And he, he was praising God for it. He says, look, 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 look at the bed the Lord provided for me. That bed, he said, didn't he say that? He said, it was, it was my bed. 
the Lord provided for me. He talked about how great the staff was, very attentive. I left that that war, that visit, more encouraged than I went. I was thinking I was going there to encourage PC and give him a bit of a cheer up his day. I, I, I left thinking, this is brilliant. And when he was telling me this, I thought, that is what it means by making God's faithfulness known. It wasn't a sermon, folks. He just told me the things that the Lord had done for him in the period of three days. How he faithfully looked after him, protected him, kept him, provided for him. Often, often you and I miss the faithfulness of God in the little everyday things. We really, really do. You know, we we have expectations that God's going to come through on the big things and we forget or we, we, we neglect to notice how faithful God has been yesterday, how faithful he's been even this morning to us all. Great is the faithfulness. Why? Why is it great? Because it's there every day. God does not take a day off, not even at Christmas. It's great also because it's dependable. It never fails. God's faithfulness never fails. Think about that. And it's great because it relies on God, not on others or ourselves. Faithfulness, my time's gone. I want you to encourage, I did this. I want you to encourage you to put it on your fridge a couple of days before the end of the year. And, and I want you to look back over 2019, good or bad. You know, some of us have had a, an ordinary year. Some of us have had a great year. Some of us had a mixed year. It doesn't matter because God has been faithful throughout the whole year to you through each and every event that you've experienced. I want you to put it on your fridge. And try and think about how faithful God has been to you. And not just think about it, but praise him for it. He is worthy of our praise for who he is, God, absolutely. But he's also worthy of our praise for this characteristic, his faithfulness. There's no one more faithful than God. May the Lord bless you in 2020, which is coming up. May you experience and enjoy his faithfulness to you. Amen.